because you're actually you got to take a break from hunting to do some training so because you got a big deal coming up well yeah um thankfully between our bear training season and our bear kill season this year we have it's about two weeks because the kill season always starts it's either the first wednesday after labor day or the second wednesday after labor day we Mm -hmm. we flip-flop with bait sitters every year on which one goes first oh that's Um, right and how it falls on, you know, how Labor Day falls on the, on the calendar this year, it ends up being about a two-week break. So, I mean, I, I kind of have two weeks here where I, I can't run the hounds anyways. So, um, you might know, well I, do I, something. I might as well, I might as well train some bird dogs. <laughs> but uh, but then the, the day she scheduled the test right now it would actually be the day after, or is it the day after our kill season starts? So I'm going to miss like the first probably five days oh, of kill dang. season because of that test. I mean, and that's not like me. <laughs> I mean, I haven't missed right. <laughs> the first week of bear kill season my whole life, basically. So yeah. it was, you know, it was one of them things. I, I've got a really good friend in Kansas who I got, who I got the dog from and, and we're really good buddies and have trained a lot together. And I thought about, you know, I could send her to him and, and have him take her and do the test. But I'm like, man, I got, so much invested in this dog right now just financially emotionally and yeah i mean and it's a big deal you know it's something that i i want to be there for i mean obviously if she doesn't pass i'll be like shit i could have gone without doing that but (laughs) i could have stayed home and went bear hunting (laughs) exactly yeah i just thought about it and i'm like man i've got i've got so much into this dog and i've done all the training myself so i would want you know, to make it work, you would want her to be with him for a significant amount of time. So he had, he had a chance to build that, you know, he's never going to have a bond with her like I do, but you know, you can't just send a dog to a dude one day and be like, here, go run that dog. Cause that dog doesn't know him from Adam, you know? And she'd be like, what the hell? Why why do (laughs) I got to do for you what you do (laughs) for me? You know? Yeah. Right. But why it seems like a lot of people that I've dealt with in the past, you know buying hounds let's say it's like oh the dog's supposed to do this oh it's supposed to do that but yet they're expected to just hit the woods running but yet like your bird dogs i mean you know how that works and i've been the same way with hounds i've owned dogs that didn't hunt for me for uh, six months eight months like until they were really comfortable i mean yeah they showed some signs and things like that but they weren't near the dog that they were with someone else that they were used to Uh, You know, I think with the bird dogs, just because obedience and the relationship with the handler is, is so much more than with a hound. I mean, a hound, you let them go and they go hunting. So I think with bird dogs, it's probably even more important that you have that relationship built up. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, and how often do you see hounds that don't act the same with strange dogs as they do when the, when they're with the dogs they're comfortable with that, that all comes into it you know we've done the same thing yeah we've done the same thing you know we've had had a dog that we sold or gave to somebody else and they're like man this dog doesn't do anything i'm like dude you got it yesterday (laughs) yeah you know like give him a chance he just had his world flipped upside down i mean you know you got to give him a chance to acclimate and every yeah there probably are some dogs in fact I, i know i've got one or two dogs that it wouldn't matter who was taking them hunting they're gonna that they're gonna be the same dog no matter what, but there's sure. probably a larger majority of them that, that aren't, you know, and 
And yeah. like I said, with bird dogs, it's even they're more, out there. I think even, yeah, they are out there, but you can't expect them all to be like that. No, sure. they're usually the ones that people don't want to sell either. Exactly. Yeah, my dog like that ain't for sale. That's for dang sure. <laughs> so, yeah, you know it. So, yeah. are you driving out there? Because you're going to New Mexico, right? Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was just listening to a podcast that you and I think it's the one that you and Buddy just put out not too long ago, and you guys were talking about road trips and how you were with your kids and you're like yeah four or five hours is doable but that eight hours is too much and i'm yep. thinking well shit we got a <laughs> yep. 20 hour ahead of us because we're taking all three kids oh, and you're packing them all we're taking them all who eight and a five Dude, and a three-year-old you'll have fun are you sure see that you're about <laughs> the same split like ours are you know colin and connor they're they're six and four yeah so but, you know, I guess I've got an unfair advantage. We've really, well, I guess I should have killed that before we started recording. <laughs> the phones are still working. No, we started, I mean, in our house, we don't watch a lot of TV anyway. Yeah. They don't yeah, have tablets either. or anything. So for yep. me, it's super nice because we just hit the road and I throw them, you know, they got coloring books, courtesy of W Hunt and Supply. Sure. And, you know, they, they've got their stuff. They play games and whatever. So as long as you can find that inner place in your mind where you can kind of tone about seven hours of that trip out, you yeah. know, because a lot of it's just chit chat. and Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. You'll probably be okay. Just pack I, lots of snacks because I've learned that children will eat. If you pack five days worth of food, they're going to eat it as fast as they can. For sure. The last day of the trip, we're always down to like bare minimum on snacks, yep. no matter or how much we pack. Stopping at every gas station to add to it. Yep. Oh, God. I, yeah, I'm worried about the, the that eight limit hours in plus. the. I'm worried about limiting the water supply because uh, I don't want to turn a 10 hour, you know, a 10 hour trip. We're going to try to do 10 hours each day. You know, you, you got to stop and potty every hour. Well, that can That's turn 10 hour. hours into 13 or 14 pretty quick. So I'm, uh, we're going to try I've, to ration I've learned the water you can push it usually about three hours. Th three is like tops. If you're limiting, cause that is, <laughs> I do the same thing, man. You limit the intake of the liquids and you get <laughs> yeah, a lot farther sure. down the road for sure. So stay away from salty snacks. There, there's my tip yeah. for you. Stay away yeah. from the salty snacks. <laughs> And you probably can get away with uh, less water consumption. <laughs> you know, our kids aren't big on water. My wife's pretty, I don't really care. I mean, my kids love to be outside. So I always tell her, like, if if they would rather be outside than watching TV, I don't really care if they watch TV some. Um, and they've kind of right. always been like that. But my wife, she's pretty, she's kind of a stickler. You know, oh, you've been watching TV for 15 minutes. Shut it off. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, but she loaded up on... Uh, you know, we loaded up on some movies and stuff for the iPads and whatnot, just to have as many tools in our toolboxes. Oh we yeah. Can get, just, you know, pull them out as needed type of thing. But yeah, man, no. And then they just go into the zone and you can cruise. Yeah. That's what, that's the hope anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you never know so how they, long that zone's going to last. <laughs> dude. No, that's the hardest part. You don't know when it's going to last. And there is breakdowns about date. Yeah. Day two, day three, into the trip, that's when you start seeing it. Day one, everybody's yeah. spry. They're ready to go. Yeah. They're excited. <laughs> and then it's, he's too close to me. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, duh, you're both shoved in the back seat of a pickup. <laughs> he's going to be close to you, bud. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
So, so this is, I guess we should tell people where you're going. You got the big NAVDA test coming up. Yeah. So, uh, my, my short hair qualified for the NAVDA invitational, which is kind of the, the super bowl, or if you want to say for the, for the NAVDA organization, um, and the test, um, is where they could earn their, their versatile champion title. So, um, it's, it's kind of been a, well, my short hair will turn actually four when we're on the way there. And it's, it's kind of been a three year process. Uh, I mean, for the most part, you know, so, um, and it's tough cause it's just, a, it's a one day test. I mean, you get, you get one day and, uh, a lot of other, a lot of other organizations, you know, like AKC and stuff like that, you get six, you need six passes to earn the title. So, you know, and one weekend you, you might get four cracks at passes. So, you know, if you have a bad oh, run gotcha. or something, it's like, oh, well, I got tomorrow to make up for it. Well, in this, you don't, you get one mm-hmm. crack and, and actually you'd have to requalify. So I'd be two years out, um, before we can wow. take a stab at this again. So, um, you know, I think it's good. Some of that stuff, some of the bird dog tests, I, I feel like it, it dilutes it down a little bit because, uh, uh, you know, you need six passes. Well, I've known a dogs that are there trying it 30, 35 times. Well, you should be able to get lucky six times out of 35, you know, at what point are you kind of just buying a title, <laughs> you know, versus the, the NAV yeah. side of it? It's a little more, um, I don't know if prestigious is a word, but, um, it's, it's just a lot tougher, but the flip side of that is, is, you know, as well as I do dogs have bad days. Um, and just because my, <laughs> they always my dog line up at the big days, <laughs> exactly. Just cause she could pass it nine out of 10 times. If that, that one time that, that she doesn't pass it happens to be on test day we're toast so you know there's a there's a lot of a lot of stress put on that side of it too you know just yeah yep because dumb stuff happens i mean i'm sure there's dogs that have not passed that are really to not any fault of their own just you know you add human element into a into a bird dog game or into any game you know weird stuff happens that's kind of out of anybody's control and um and it can go especially south, after but. that long of a drive. Well, we're trying to try to get there like that with dogs. We're going to get there a couple days early. Um, give me a chance to run around the grounds a little bit and kind of acclimate to you know that's going to be a huge climate adjustment going from Wisconsin to five thousand feet in oh, elevation yeah. in New Mexico. So um, we're going to get there a couple days early and hopefully get time to you know, get, get used to things a little bit. So, so when you go, is it just you and one judge then? No. So it's, uh, the test is actually scheduled to run from Thursday until Sunday. And every day is a different group of dogs. So I didn't count. I'm going to guess there's about 20 dogs that run each day. Um, and then within that group Mm -hmm. of 20, they're split up probably into, three or four, um, smaller groups, um, because there's different aspects of the test. So one group can be working on one aspect while another group is working on a, on a different aspect. Um, and there's typically kind of, yeah, yep. Kind of just help keep things moving a little bit, you know? Um, and then I believe there's three judges. 
So a group of three judges will basically follow around each group. Um, and then, um, you know, you kind of take turns running. So, I mean, it's a long day because the field portion is an hour. So for that portion, we'll be in there for an hour, but the other portions, as long as things go well, I mean, it could really take two minutes, you know, and then you're kind of sitting around oh, really? waiting for your turn again. So, yep. That's, that's so typically you, how they run it. When you're going out then, I mean, like what pops into my mind, cause my dogs are, I mean, my dogs are kind of weird, I guess what some people would consider cause they're used to hunting with me or, yep. or one other person. Like when there's new people around, it's not that they don't hunt, but it definitely changes the program. Sure, the, like from the, the minute dynamic. they come out of the box. Yeah. Yep. So do you practice with that? Like have people come along that they don't necessarily know? Oh yeah. It's very important. Um, you know, a lot of times there'll be like little groups that develop, you know, I, like I've met three, four, five different guys that are running dogs, um, in the invitational as well. Um, and, and this trainer that I, uh, he's been doing it forever and he knows a ton of people like, uh, two weeks ago he had, he hosted a, a training week or whatever you want to say, where, uh, basically a bunch of people he knew he invited up to, to do invitational training. And, um, I was there as well. And, uh, you know, we kind of run it like a test. And so, yeah, we don't, we're not judging each other's dogs, you know, but like when we're running in the field, mm -hmm. it'll be two dogs running in the field at the same time. And, you know, the other three or four guys that, that their dogs are in the truck waiting their turn, like they'll come and walk along. Um, sure. cause you have, you have designated gunners. So when I'm running my dog, I, I kind of pretend like I'm going to shoot, but I'm not actually the one that's shooting. There are, there are gunners in the field. So, you know, we try to, we try to run it like a test will be. Um, and to be honest with sure. you, by the time your dog's been to this point, it's been, you know, Jade's been, Jade's been through this a whole bunch. So she's used to a bunch of different people in the field. Um, and stuff like that, but you're, but you're exactly right. I mean, if, if I did all the training just by myself alone, you know, she's not, she wouldn't be used. There's strange dogs all over the place. It probably would screw her up, but that is something that you want to, uh, make sure is not going to affect your dog. Um, it's a lot the same as right. like you but said, this is like hounds. a high level. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is not like in, go to your local club and just sign up and go, you know, I mean, it's kind of no. like uh, yeah, this, the hound guys, I guess, autumn Oaks, this is like autumn Oaks or grand America or, you know, winter classic versus, you know, Joe blow at the local hunts, you know, you got to put yeah. your work in to get there. Yeah. But it, yeah. we're not working with novice dogs. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody that's, uh, everybody that's there has got an extremely high quality dog that they're running and, you know, uh, have been training very hard for the last few years and likely have several mentors, you know, that have been doing it for longer than that. And, um, you know, that's all, hmm. that's all part of it. I mean, I say I do, I've done all the training myself. Um, but the truth is, I mean, if, if it wasn't for a few mentors that I have, there's no way we'd be here. You know, I mean, it's, there's just a lot that goes into it for sure. And it's all different aspects, right? Because I remember a while back we did an episode because you had just gotten the invitation, I think. And yep. we were talking about you going out there. But, I mean, can you kind of break down the different areas that you're going to get judged on? 
Yeah, so uh, so NAVDA stands for North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. So what they're what they're what they want to see is a dog that's going to excel in the upland fields. You know, whether it be pheasant hunting or or quail or rough grouse or whatever, but as well as a dog that is able to succeed in um, in the water. You know, doing waterfall type stuff. Um, that's, so that's what I was thinking. There was something about duck retrieval, blind retrieve and. Yep. Yep. So for the invitational, um, there, the field portion, which would be like the upland portion, it basically, you just go out and hunt your dog for an hour with another dog. Um, and what they want to see there is the dog has to be steady. So if my dog finds a bird, she has to point a bird. She has to stand there. Let me go up and flush it. The gunners will shoot it. And then she has to wait until I release her to go for the retrieve. And then they want to see her retrieve the hand. Um, so she can't be spitting the bird out on the way back or dropping it at your feet or anything like that. Um, but then they also, since you're in the field with another dog, they have to do what's called honoring or backing. So if that other dog <clears throat> finds a bird and is standing on point and my dog sees her, she better stop and stand there. And, right. then, and then once again, I'll, you know, she'll, she'll honor that whole sequence of the, the bird being shot and everything. And she'll wait until I release her. Then she'll go hopefully try to find her bird and not have to honor again. Um, so that's the field portion of it. Um, for the waterfall portion of it, um, there's, there's two different, two different aspects. One is a blind retrieve across about 125 yard stretch of water. So what they'll do is they'll take a dead duck wow. on the opposite side of the water, kind of throw it in the water and drag it up on the shore a little bit. And, um, me as a handler, I take my dog up to the water's edge and give them a command. And basically they got to swim straight across, grab that duck, swim back. Um, in my opinion, this is about the hardest portion of the test. Um, seems simple. But 125 yards is a long ways for a dog a to swim stretch, across the man. water, especially when they didn't see anything fall. Um, and do they hear a gunshot or anything? Nothing. Nothing. Like to trigger that search instinct. Nothing. It's nothing. it's all it's all built up based off of training. You know, I I start doing that stuff on the ground. Um, you know, putting a pile of bumpers on the ground and lining her up and I back is the command I give. And she runs out, grabs a bumper, comes back and you just kind of keep stretching that out. Um, and then you slowly transition that to the water. You know, your first stretch might be 20 yards. Then you kind of slowly sure. build up, build up to that 125 yards. And, um, about the biggest thing is once a dog gets a concept is, is taking them to different chunks of water to do it. It's like, I have a pond not far from my house here that I do most of my training on. She'll nail it a hundred out of a hundred times there. Cause she's done it so much. Like she knows, right. okay, I know there's a duck on the other side. I'm just going to go get it. But you start taking them to, to new stretches of water. And, you know, sometimes dogs will, if there's cattails or something like that in the water, that's a little different than the water they're used to. That might hang them up a little bit or. They got a little sure. different backdrop on the other side that might hang them up a little bit. So it's all about proofing your dog. Like, yeah, they'll, she'll do it at my place, but I've been to four or five different, different bodies of water now and done it with her probably more than that, actually six or eight. 
And I've got a few more that I've kind of kept in my back pocket for the week leading up to the test here right now. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I give, I gave her about seven to 10 days off here because I, I, I didn't want her to get burnt out, you know? Um, and she was doing every, she's been doing everything perfectly. I, I don't, don't want her to get burnt out and bored with it. So I've, I've given her about seven to 10, 10 days off here. And then starting this weekend or, or maybe Monday, I'm going to try to start getting her to these, a few, um, chunks of new water, hopefully cross my fingers. We've got get good reps and, and are successful on all those. And, and then I'm going to feel pretty good because then you're looking sure. at a week later, it'll be kind of just like what we did just now. Give her a week Same off scenario. new water. Yep. Then it's going to be a week off and then new water will be at the test. And hopefully, you know, hopefully that, uh, setting it up like that'll, will will do her good. So yeah, that's, that's the blind the blind retrieve portion of it. And then there is also a double mark, um, which is in the water as well. Basically they throw a bird that they call the memory bird. It's a duck. It comes out of a, they call it's a winger basically just throws a, throws a bird. So that bird goes up in the air. You shoot almost like you're shooting a duck. That's 75 yards out over the water, hits the water. Well, then another one gets thrown real close to you, real close to the shore. It kind of crosses over, your face and the dog's face and you fire your gun too. Like oh. you just shot that one. Well, she has to go get that, that close bird first, bring it back to me. And then I line her up okay, and send her on. And then, you know, give her a command to send her on the second one. And she has to swim directly out to that, pick it up and bring it back. So, um, that that's a little so that's bit like easier. Testing. Yeah, like they're mem- sight. Like she didn't just see it and gets to run and go grab that one right away. It's like she's Correct. got a plan. She, the instincts are taking over, and then whoop! Here's a squirrel. Yep. Sidetrack. Go back to what you were doing. Yep they're they're testing their marking ability basically, which marking is when a dog sees something go down, how well it remembers where that went down. You know, because um, some sure. dogs like see it go down, and if you don't send them right away they ain't going to bring it back because they, they're just not, they're not good at that marking. So actually in training, I was doing like some triples, um, you know, and, oh. and trying to making it harder than it's going to be in the test. You know, you got to remember where three of them sure. are now, basically. Um, and sometimes those, she can struggle crazy. through those thirds, but yeah. Yep. It's, it's fun though. That, you know, it seems like that though, because the dog gets the visual and everything it keeps them a lot more locked in. I mean, like, yeah, your dog might screw up and take a bad line and have a tough time finding that second one, but they're not going to get bored with it and just tell you, I'm not going to do it. You know, um, cause they know which, it's there. Yeah. It, it, it's just mentally, it's more stimulating, you know, being able to see that, see that go down. And I'm sure the gunshot helps a little bit, but I honestly, I think when dogs get to this point, the gunshot, just becomes a little monotonous, um, you know, cause you do so much right. fake gun shooting. That doesn't mean it's anything. Like push button. I, yeah. I, it, I just, I, I don't know that, that, I, but that visual and seeing it splash in the water, you know, that definitely gets them triggered up. But, Oh, bet. So, I mean, stuff like this though. I mean, I, I know that Navda has a lot of programs out there. 
like a lot of training nights all over yeah, the yeah. US people. I yep. you guys get together all the time. Yep. But you know, something like that. I guess I think of it like like the hounds. I mean, just to put it in perspective, I go to night hunts, or I shouldn't say I go. I used to when yeah. I had more time and could travel because we're so spread out out here. But you know, we would go do that, and we we won a couple. You know, we made a night champion, but it's a totally different level. In no way did I train those dogs in any way for those hunts. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just we were chasing whatever else at home, and they happened to go to an area with some coons and they chased them. Yeah. But yep. you know, it was all instinct pretty like much. The bird dogs. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. You know, it was still tree game. It was no big deal. They didn't know the rules. And it, to me, when they performed the way that they do in the field, it never upset me because I didn't want to screw up the routine and the method behind what we were doing to accommodate one night a month. Yeah. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we hunt the same way every single time we go. The difference was I was on foot. And, you know, I miss those. Honestly, walk hunting my dogs is probably one of my favorite things to do just because you're so close and you get to see everything. And, yep. you know, More hands makes on. You, I put away the Garmin. That was the time that I would really just put my Garmin away for the most part because it didn't matter. You know, yep. I was trusting the dogs and doing all that. But none of those dogs would perform at a level like autumn Oaks or winter classic. Yeah. You know, we went to the heartland classic one year out by you and we did well, you know, we just got teamed up with dogs that were flat. They were better. You know, it was, um, dogs that had won several thousand dollars in, in prize money, you know, and I felt really accomplished at the fact that we made the trip to Wisconsin, you know, spent three, four days on the road, got there, new ground, new setting conditions. And we hung in there, pretty dang close for a long time but like if you want to go from let's say somebody getting a puppy and they think oh well i want to get involved in navda you know they can go to these things and these training i what you guys do like training classes or training nights things like that right yes so the local chapters will host training nights you know throughout the summer obviously it's kind of weather dependent in the winter especially up here, there's not much that happens in the winter up here, but, um, but yeah, they'll host training nights on a couple nights a week or whatever, where, where you can bring your dog. And, um, I, to be honest with you, I don't go to many of those. I'm kind of in a bad spot here where I got two hours to one chapter and two hours to another chapter. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a member, um, of a chapter, but I'm extremely, I'm extremely lucky in that I've got a couple people right around me that are also NAVDA members. Um, and we kind of do our own training days or, or, or training nights or whatever. Like and that helps a lot. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, we just kind of do the same thing that you do at a training night, but on our own time more or less, but it, it, sure. you know, and there'll, there'll be dogs of all, all levels there. Um, I think we've talked in previous podcasts that the first step in NAVDA is a natural ability test. The second step, um, would be the utility test. And then if they earn a prize one in the utility test, then they qualify then for the invitational, which we're running. So, you know, you're probably not going to see a lot of invitational dogs at those um, training nights just because, you know, there isn't that many invitational dogs in the country on a, on a year to year basis anyways. So, you know, most of that, the, those training stuff is your NA dogs and your UT dogs, but it's fun because you get to 
you get to brainstorm with other people and, and see, you know, some guys sure. that have been doing it for an extremely long time and, and, and some guys that, you know, all different experience levels and, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. What, what I do with my yeah. dogs and, and what's worked for me, you know, somebody else that has been extremely successful or more successful than I have with it, it might do something completely different. Um, but yeah. so you, so you get to pick people's brains that way and, um, and learn different, different, different things. And, and a huge, it seems like one of those things though. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say a huge, you know, a, a huge portion of these bird dog tests is just obedience. So, you know, yeah. the, the, the hunting aspect that that's in the dog, you, you know, but, um, what people overlook is, is the obedience that these dogs have and, and what it takes to, to pass these upper level tests. Like if I tell my dog to heal, I better only tell her once and she better, better not leave until I, until right. I tell her to leave. If I sit her down next to the water's edge, she better sit there until I release her to go get the bird. I don't care if another bird falls right in front of her and another dog comes and gets it. She better not move a muscle until I go tell her to leave it. And just that kind of stuff. I think people overlook. Um, and I know of a lot of dogs that have kind of failed tests because of that. So, you know, and it, it's a slippery slope. Right. I mean, you got to train that obedience, but yet also the dog has to know when it's time to think for itself and go find a bird or swim across that 125 yards of water and go get the duck, you know? So, um, but you know, a lot of that obedience you, you get, you learn a lot of tips and tricks, same way with that, you know, just stuff that you do at home that sets them up for, for sure. just getting used to that, you know? It just sounds to me like if somebody, like, let's say I were to get a bird dog, which may happen at some point, <laughs> if you want to start doing, like, if you want to perform at that level, though, you're starting the groundwork from the very beginning, because I would assume I, like if I were to take a dog and just, you know, like I'm on the phone with you or whoever else, you know, I got other buddies that train and, and I'm just kind of trying to make a dog kind of like what buddy's doing, like Sadie. Yeah. He, he just takes her hunting. You know, that's an yeah. enjoyable thing. Um, you know, he's working with her. But let's say I were to get that dog where it's pointing, it's retrieving, it's doing the things that I want it to do. But if I were to try to shift gears and jump into that, like, NAVDA structure, I, I could see where I could do some things in those early days that would really inhibit that dog from performing at the level it needs to for those tests. Like, the things that I would look over or be acceptable of like in those situations you can't yeah. right i mean that would be the tough part it's hard to give them a hundred foot leash and then try to all of a sudden they're four or five years old try to put them on a three foot lead you know what i mean they're gonna be like well what the hell is what the hell is this right. you know so well before we jumped on here i got a four month old puppy and i was just out working her in the yard on a on a little command lead you know, no birds, nothing is basically just all obedient stuff. Just trying to set that foundation sure. for the future, you know, and she's only four months old. So I've ran around a bunch of birds and she does a great job pointing and retrieving and stuff for me now. But, um, but yeah, she, she needs to get, you know, that obedience side of it. And, and you don't want to start hammering that, you know, at a super young age. I mean, you got to let a puppy be a puppy too, but. 
Because they're not um, mentally ready. Yeah, they're just not mentally ready for it. I mean, even the, the difference between Jade now, who, like I said, turns four next, well, in two weeks, just the difference between now and when she was two um, and when I was running her in these tests, like it's, you can just tell the, the screws are just a lot tighter upstairs there. You know, there's not near as much jiggling around right. up there and, um, and she's just <laughs> a lot more dialed in. So, but you gotta, you know, you gotta start with that foundation and have something to, to go back to all the time. And, um, a lot of, a lot of a foundation of a bird dog is just obedience. Right. So, so before the trip, you got couple of ponds i mean what's your last ditch <laughs> training is is that really what you're going to be focusing on then pretty much just showing her new water i need to run her in a couple braces again um which a brace is when you run the field with another dog you know and make her honor and stuff um honoring is kind of her weak point she's kind of a bitch to be honest with you so <laughs> if she doesn't trust the other dog you know, honoring is basically a trust, a trust deal. If, if I'm running my dogs together, right. they'll honor each other from a mile away if they can see each other. But when you start mixing strange dogs in there, you know, it's, and my dogs, like I said, she's kind of a bitch. So if she doesn't trust that other dog, she's not always sure that she wants to honor. So, um, I'm kind of hoping to put her in a couple positions between now and the test where she doesn't want to honor. So I can really correct it, you know, correct. Yeah. So get a really strong, firm correction on that and be like, it ain't happening, bitch. You know, you're not doing that. And hopefully <laughs> that'll leave a, a good impression. So I know that her hopefully, you know, hopefully that'll carry over into test day. Just so if she gets something in her mind where she's not sure if she wants to, you know, she'll remember, Oh wait, I tried this the other day and it didn't work out well. So, um, right. I'm going to do that and obviously shore the new water while a curveball she threw and she's in heat right now. So, Oh yeah, that's gotta be the worst too. You're like down to the wire and she's in two weeks ago. uh, I actually had some people over on my place where I normally train in my field and we ran a brace with another dog. I mean, and like I said, she can kind of be a bitch, but she'll usually honor, but she absolutely would not honor. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? And I told the trainer that I was with, I'm like, I bet you she's coming in heat because yeah, she's kind of a dominant dog and I can see where being on her own turf, she's going to be like, screw you. I don't want to, this is my house, but I'm like, it was more than even I would have expected today. And once you know what, the next day there, she's bleeding and I'm like, God dang it. So she came in heat about four weeks to the day before she runs in the test. So I'm a little glad it happened now rather than, you know, three or four weeks later to to hopefully get it out of there. But, um, but I think there's a chance she's there. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's a chance she's still going to be bleeding a little bit at the test, which would be a bummer because then they move us from Thursday to Sunday. So that's four more days of kill season. I'm going to miss, but it is what it is. Uh. You know, what are you going to do? It's not like I'm going to back out now. I mean, it came this yeah, far. Yeah, no kidding. So. Well, I hope you have a good trip, man. We'll have to do yeah. a recap once you're done. Hopefully she comes home with a title. Oh, man, I hope so. I, yeah, it. I try not to think about it because it stresses me out, but it, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, 
I'm usually pretty good at keeping my cool when it comes to test day. Even I kind of compare it to we got a bear on the ground fighting. I'm pretty good mm-hmm. at, you know, people be freaking out. I, I like to go with the person that's got the gun or whatever, just so I can whisper in their ear like, Hey, it's, it's all right. Just take a deep <laughs> breath, you know? So I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Even though I got my dogs staring at a bear that could send them to the right. vet, kill them, you know, but so I'm hoping I can kind of keep my emotions in check on test day. And, but generally when it's all over, things come to a head and that same thing happens when we end up shooting a big bear on the ground in front of dogs and that thing's laying there dead. And usually I let it all out then. So I'm hoping I can, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm hoping I can do the same thing on testing. Just compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. And they, they pick up on that stress. You know, if, if you're not doing things exactly the way you've been doing them in training or, you know, you're a little short with them or something like that. I mean, they pick up on that. So the more you can make it just another day of training, the better off you're going to be, but that's hard to do too. I mean, it's, Oh yeah. It's very hard to do, but I'm for sure. Well, I'm be looking safe, forward to man. it. Have a good trip with the kids. Oh, <laughs> lots man. of snacks. That's, that's going to be the wild card right there. That's going to be the wild hey, but card. The good news the is you're all going, you got a couple of days to let them settle in. Yeah. You'll be fine, man. <laughs> and I'm, you know, a lot of this stuff I've done on my own. I mean, I, I, I've gone to a lot of these tests and stuff with my own or on my own, you know, the wife will stay at home and text her updates and whatnot. So, um, and obviously, I mean, the, the dogs sleep in the kid's bed and, you know, so they're a huge right. part of our family. So I, I'm kind of excited for them to, um, experience this as well, you know? And hopefully, hopefully be there to celebrate if it goes well. (laughs) So it'll be fun. (laughs) No, that's awesome. It would probably help you out. I mean, really the dog's routine, it's got all its people there. Like, yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. That's time will tell us, man. (laughs) Time will tell. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be safe, bud. All right, man. Um, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you again after it's over and hopefully we got good news to report yeah keep sending updates (laughs) will do man 